welcome to the hearing. I'm John. And from Chicago's north side, I'm Scotto. And without any further ado, on to this week's album, which is Kick Out the Jams by MC5 from 1969. This is a tribute to the late, great Wayne Kramer. MC5 is... I don't know if they're still together after he's passed, but as yeah, I don't of, know either. You know, the writing of Wikipedia, the Wikipedia article, they are an American hard rock band formed in Lincoln Park, Michigan, in 1963, who are best known for their song "Kick Out the Jams," and often credited with inventing punk rock. "Kick Out the Jams" is their debut album. It was recorded live on October 30th and 31st, 1968, at Detroit's Grand Ballroom. Released in February 1969 on Electra Records, produced by Jack Holtzman and Bruce Botnick, and features Rob Tyner on lead vocals, Wayne Kramer on lead guitar, backing vocals, and the lead vocals on Ramblin' Rose, Fred Sonic-Smith on rhythm guitar and backing vocals, Michael Davis on bass guitar, and Dennis Thompson on drums. Reminder, I don't edit any songs into our reviews for copyright reasons, but on our blog at johnscattered.wordpress.com, you'll find links to kick out the jams on Spotify and YouTube so you can listen along. If you'd like, track one, Ramblin' Rose, written by Fred Birch and Marijan Wilkin, and originally recorded by Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, okay. The first track on their debut album wasn't sung by their primary lead vocalist. <laughs> and, uh, man, man, it's rough. It's uh... And it's clearly the song that opened one of the sets. Right. They opened a these two sets that they were recording one of these two sets they were recording for their first album with a song not sung by their main lead singer and just kind of squeaked out by the lead guitarist like were they going for humor with the high-pitched voice i mean it's (laughs) i don't know um i think that rant to the audience that the mc does could work today which is disturbing um right oh totally but the song has a great groove I was kind of yes. shocked by the high vocal. <laughs> right. I like the harmonies. I like the punctuated leads that Kramer does. Yeah, the band sounds so tight, mm. but the, the vocals just kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> On to track two, the song of the hour, Kick Out the Jams. I got to take it as strongest. I mean... Okay, you're taking the coward's way out. Yeah, because goddamn... <laughs> It reminds me of Get Ready by The Temptations. Hmm. That riff is very similar to the bass line in Get uh, Ready. It's you know, Yeah, yeah. I get Ready, because here I come, that one. But yeah, just seeing a punk kind of your version of that riff. I... It's not punk. It's too soul and R&B influence and too bluesy to be punk. This is after Blue Cheer's Summertime Blues. This is after the Sonics version of Louie Louie, which is even louder and more aggressive than the um kingsman version this is after the trogs yeah and there's there's definitely a comparison or some cribbing of the trogs later on in this yeah i think these guys were a step in the evolution of punk but to say that anyone invented any genre of music doesn't make sense and i'm gonna go i have a bit of a rant here because Musically, this is just louder, more aggressive, more raw, acid rock, essentially. This is a step forward from Blue Cheer and Hendrix and that stuff. The heavier acid rock. 
And yeah, they were socially conscious, but a lot of the 60s stuff was socially conscious. And for the way they brought it in, though, it's it's something that a lot of punk bands did. Oh, yeah. But these guys didn't invent it. Hmm. Folk like, really invented that. And a lot of 60s rock was just as socially conscious. And the big thing is that punk was a reaction to the preening excess and self-indulgence of the music industry of the time. To be reductive and pin it on one band who I think was very emblematic, it was a fuck you to Led Zeppelin. <laughs> that was after what these guys did. All of that stuff was just getting started when this album came out. But the bringing of the aggression to this, uh, like, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of anybody that's really... Iggy and the Stooges were after this. If you want to pin punk rock on anybody, it's Iggy and the Stooges. The Velvet Underground, very punk, way before this. You know, I don't really think of the Velvet as much punk, though. It's Have you ever heard Sister Ray? <laughs> of course. But it's, you know, it was very beat-influenced more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Whereas you listen to a lot, of, especially this song, this song is a mosh pit, you know? I mean, there, there isn't anybody that really had that feel before this. Maybe the Sonics. Maybe the Sonics. Have you heard Blue Cheer's cover of Summertime Blues? Sounds a lot like this. But the the energy these guys brought, just, I, I mean, it's really, you could hear Lemmy influ- was influenced by it, Death. It, 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 you just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but getting back to the, the critique of the song, uh, stepping away from the rank is, yeah, clearly disagree. Um, loved Kramer's nice bendy solo. I like Tyner's voice when he's on key. Um, <laughs> great explosive ending. Well, I kind of wonder, they, they really sell themselves short by doing this as a live album, I think. Uh-huh. You know? See, I think it was a great choice for them because it showed off their energy and their aggression really nicely. I I think they might have been able to do more with the studio album and then have the live album after it. Hmm. Because there's other things they were trying to do that I don't think really quite worked well because they were doing it live. And I think I'd even seen that they were just so nervous and and (laughs) not playing even their best at this gig or these gigs, because there was a couple of gigs that they did. And I was kind of like, woof, if uh, this is how it sounded for <laughs> two gigs, what take did you not use? <laughs> but then also, that's kind of the punk attitude, too, of just, you know, this is what it was, and here it is. It's too derivative of acid rock to really be punk for me. Um, anyway, track three, Come Together. At this point, the album gets weirdly quieter i mean this one was uh was still more of a an aggressive song it gets quieter later but i thought no, this I one don't was mean, still I don't mean a, the, the music one. specifically the playing oh! i mean the sound quality drops you're right spotify has a really weird version on there and, and it's definitely... not just this one i expected it to come back up after this but the rest of the album is on the same level as this one. yeah I, the YouTube version was a lot better, I felt. Okay. 
sound wise mm. spotify also for some reason doesn't have the kick out the jams motherfucker yeah right intro to kick mm. out the jams which is like how do you not have that mm. dude <laughs> but this is my pick for weakest um the song just doesn't really come together it, it's got some good energy <laughs> i like the tonality of the solo spoken vocal in the second half is kind of interesting but it just doesn't work for me did, did you just do a uh caddy where we're like it doesn't come together <laughs> oh i didn't even intend that that was accidental <laughs> all right, all right. i was just checking <laughs> huh. but uh, i mean i'll take song... it but it, it wasn't intentional um ah, it was nice though yeah. <laughs> but this this one i like you can really hear motorhead and death uh we're totally into this and uh it's just i mean no ringo star aping no organ it's like this you know well this wasn't the beatles come together was it no okay i really didn't sound like it i thought i missed something track four rocket reducer number 62 ramalama fa 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 this is my pick for weakest i like how that opening riff slows down love the main riff once they get to it um the gang lead vocal was really interesting this one's very soul influenced another quiet one i have because again sound quality dropped here yeah um like the like surfy chordal solo that kramer played the ending gets a bit repetitive for me but it was live um and there are some interesting dual leads at the end and yet sonic is fred sonic smith credited as rhythm guitar so that was interesting he wasn't credited as playing any lead even though he clearly did and i I don't understand lyrically they just pretty much I mean, at first, it sounds too much like Kick Out the Jams. So much so that they even just bring it back lyrically here. <laughs> like, mm. wait, wait, why? They would have almost been better off just scatting the Rama Lama over all mm. of that and not having lyrics if that that's all they had there anyway. It was kind of like they didn't finish the lyrics, kind mm. of. <laughs> we've, we've had that in some reviews where it's like, yeah, you... you you were stuck on something and you just said, fuck it, we'll just put it out with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's my pick for weakest. Track five, Borderline. Interesting opening riff. I'm not sure about that chaotic riff that in the main body of the song. <laughs> it's an odd groove, and I don't mean the meter. Uh, it just feels weird. Yeah. Um, I like the harmonies. The timing changes are interesting. It's just really nice and adventurous. It, the, that whole like opening minute is just like a mosh you know pit going and then it's kind of like the kinks just like coked up or something <laughs> <laughs> and then in, right in the middle of that they put this ghostly break in there for like two minutes <laughs> at the two minute mark and then it could just you know right back to speed metal at the end after that track six motor city is burning this is my pick for favorite Written by Al Smith, originally recorded by John Lee Hooker. It's just a straight-up blues song. Love the groove. Great vocal. I love how the two rhythm guitar parts play off of each other. Great bass tone. Kramer plays a brilliant solo. Yeah, they move away from uh, their, their sound here. I guess they they're, you know want to put some dimension out, mm-hmm. and, and they do. Uh, it's a bit rough around the edges blues, but, yeah. you know, a little heavier. Well, I uh, mean... If you, again, really want to go back to the evolution of punk, listen to some blues. That shit got raw and chaotic and 
aggressive. They really take the time here to talk about, you know, lyrically talk about what's going on at the time mm-hmm. and how, uh, and I can't think of a more punk way of, of doing this, saying that, you know, this, this, the country's on fire, you mm-hmm. know, because the cities were burning then, and drawing the conclusion that we, maybe we deserve it. <laughs> well, again, they didn't write it. It was written for John Leoker. They didn't even change the lyrics, you don't think? For, I don't think so, no. Because, I, I, I mean, they worked some stuff about Vietnam. Oh, maybe there. they updated the lyrics a touch, but <laughs> the original was still very yeah. socially conscious. It was in the 60s, I think, so. Yeah. Track seven, I, mean, I Want You Right Now. I love the opening guitar part. It's got this nice sludgy riff. Uh, great interplay between the guitar Speaking of which, the sludgy riff on this one, you could say they invented metal because this predates Sabbath. Yeah. Just as, uh, I think that's a better sell than punk. It's uh, it's a little too close. It's, it's, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little close to Trog's wild thing, but, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, like the uh, solo, it does get a bit monotonous. Um, I like how they bring it down after the solo, though. Um, kind of, yeah. It kind of clears up some of that monotony. Um, they strip it down to the point where it's just two vocals, a bass, and a very muted guitar. Yeah, they're very good at not letting things sit for too long and moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the blues song could have been a little shorter, but um, I guess they had a lot to say on that one, so they wanted to keep it going. Uh, and this one, yeah, just when you think is like, this is too much, they like suddenly just break it down and you're just like, wait, what's going on? And then <laughs> just explode again. Yes. My God. It was like, at least on the YouTube version, it just blasted. Mm. <laughs> the last I was like, wow. All right. It was a much better experience hearing this on YouTube. Mm. And finally, track eight, Starship, speaking of could have been shorter. Um, this was written by MC5 and Sun Ra, which is a very interesting combination. Um, I had to look because Sun Ra does not have a song called Starship. No, they co-wrote <laughs> it. They um, they took a poem of Sun Ra's oh, okay, and okay. It into this, and uh, I really like this one. It goes from punk to psychedelic i mean it really just if you hadn't taken the coward's way out i i think this probably would have been your favorite uh, yeah yeah definitely um i like sonic's feedback at the end those nice plodding guitar stabs love how the drums gradually pick out so there's some nice chugging in the b section the leaving the solar system part was very a day in the life i'm impressed yeah. that they pulled that off live well, right. <laughs> there are a couple things with this. The intro sounds like, you know, like death took a lot, like a lot of death songs sounded like that intro, mm-hmm. and then it gets into, like the peak blaring of it. They when they break it down here, it's almost like a call to mosque sound that you mm-hmm. hear, like just really strange. And you know, most psychedelic music, I always imagine they need the studio to pull it off. These yeah. guys somehow did it live. Yeah. It gets very psychedelic. This spice, this the spacey part did lose me a bit. Um, yeah, there were some nice sound like effects this. on the guitars. Uh, uh, right, this creepy breakdown in the middle of a punk rock song because it's just so like heavy and loud, and then just what the hell is going on? It reminds me 
Also, I think it's Zeppelin's whole lot of love breakdown, yeah, which I bit, think yeah. was after this. I, I have here, if MST ever riffs on a song, it should be this one. <laughs> but they go further than Zeppelin. They they pretty much crash the starship. Yeah, yeah. Gets very chaotic. And um, sonically, you can kind of hear, you know, see the starship crashing. It's a great closer. And I, I really appreciate that they went this far out live. Yeah. So do you recommend it? Definitely. Two in a row. I felt like they were real treats. I absolutely recommend it, too. I, like I said, really don't think they were punk. Or I don't think Kick Out the Jams was punk. But they were a great hard rock band of their time. That's it for Kick Out the Jams. Until next time, when we'll be reviewing IO by Peter Gabriel. So you'll get another treat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, something I'd listen to normally anyway. You're going to take the light mix. I'll take the dark mix. Um, They're not that different. No. There's an inside and out mix I hear, but that you have to have some sort of fancy sound system mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. We'll just go with light and dark. <laughs> yeah. Until then, of course, always remember, never forget, wherever you go in life, there, there you are. are.